and Jesus appeared in their midst and pronounced his peace on them. Thomas missed out on that because he wasn't there. He had expressed his doubt that Jesus really appeared to them, and he laid down the conditions for which he would believe that Jesus had indeed been raised from the dead. The second time was a week later, when they were behind those same locked doors, and Thomas was there with them this time. When Jesus appeared, he told Thomas to stop disbelieving and believe. The third time is at the shore of Lake Tiberias. We don't know how long after the second post-resurrection appearance when this one happened. John simply says, afterward. But it was within 40 days after the resurrection because that was how long Jesus stayed on earth before he ascended back to heaven. It is clear that at both the first and second appearances, they were so afraid of what could happen to them. But now they are outside. Perhaps they were less afraid now, but still didn't seem to, to know what to do with their lives. They had no way of knowing when he would show up again. He didn't send them information ahead of time. So rather than sit around and wait and not being sure what to do next, Peter says, I'm going out to fish. That was his profession. And that would take his mind off the not knowing what to expect situation that they were in. It was like he was talking out loud to himself what he was going to do. He did not invite the rest to join him, but they had heard him, and they were all in the same situation. Clearly, one person would not go fishing on a boat that can seat at least seven people, plus their nets and paddles and clothing and other stuff. So Peter's impractical decision for one man became practical when Thomas, Nathaniel, the Zebedee brothers, and the two other unnamed disciples decided they would go with him. They all knew how to fish. Besides, it would take their minds off having to just wait and think and never have a solution to what they should do in the absence of Jesus. They would have food to eat and perhaps some left to sell to enable them to keep on living. It will relieve the anxiety they felt about the absence of Jesus. Have you ever felt anxious about anything before? Have you ever experienced separation anxiety? That seemed to be part of what was going on with them. Now, every new school year, it happens for kids who are about to go to school for the first time. It happens with their parents, too. You often hear the advice to their parents that as they drop possible, and the teachers will take it from there. It works well for the majority of kids and parents, but sometimes it doesn't. I remember years ago when I took Jude to kindergarten for the first time, he was fine and I was fine too. I took him to his classroom and left. Many parents did the same. As I was leaving, right there in the hallway, I heard a very loud sound of crying. When I turned around, I saw a little girl clinging to her mom as she was trying to leave. You could see the pained look on the mother's face as well as she became hesitant now to leave. The teacher kept assuring the mother that everything would be just fine and the child would be too. 
but the crying got louder and louder, and the mother became quite embarrassed by what was going on. Just when I entered my car, I saw the mother and the daughter come out of the school building. I figured she was taking her daughter home. The following day, the same thing happened. This time, she left her at the school. The next day, the same thing. It went on like that for two weeks. Then after that, I didn't see them again. I asked the teacher about them, and she said, the mother said it was too much for her to handle, and so she had stopped bringing her daughter to school. Now that was extreme, but we all experience some form of anxiety at various points in our lives. Maybe going to the doctor's office and not knowing what she would say to you about what was bothering you. Maybe getting a job for the first time in your life. Perhaps you remember when you were getting ready for your wedding. Maybe for you, it was the first time you were going for your driving test. Have you ever had a low moment in your life before? Does it happen to you every now and then? What do you do in those moments? Does Jesus still have room for you in those moments? Yes, he does. Jesus invites you to trust that even in those moments, he is still in your life. He is still with you. He has room for you. The disciples got into the boat and spent all night trying to catch fish, but they caught nothing. They had wasted their time and energy. The only thing they got out of this venture was exercise and hunger. No use trying again. They will head back to shore and think about what else they could do. As they headed back to the shore early in the morning, Jesus was standing there, but they did not recognize him. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? His question to them really was, you don't have any food, do you? With an expected answer of no. Jesus knew everything that was going on with them. He had not abandoned them, but they did not know that. The disciples did answer no. It was the only answer they could give. They were too tired to find out who it was who was asking them such a question in their time of need. They were too exhausted to get angry with this stranger standing there at the shore and asking them a question. So they simply answered this question with the honest answer, no. And Jesus said to them, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. One more try wouldn't hurt. They had nothing to lose, and they might catch some fish. Perhaps this stranger was seeing something that they couldn't see. Jesus was there to show himself to them once again to build confidence in them and remind them of the task ahead. They will soon leave fishing for fish and go fishing for people. The disciples followed Jesus' command and threw their net on the right side of the boat. Immediately, they caught so much fish that they were struggling to haul it in. And John recognized that the man standing at the shore who had told them to cast the net on the right side was Jesus. He couldn't contain his excitement. He screamed in excitement to Peter, It is the Lord! It is the Lord! They did not seem to recall that one time when he had told Peter and his partners to put out into the deep 
and let down their nets for a catch. On that occasion, Peter had answered, Master, we toiled all night and caught nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. When they let down the nets, they caught such a large number of fish, their nets were breaking. The boats began to sink. When Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, Lord. The Zebedee brothers, James and John, were there on this occasion too. They were all astonished. And Jesus said to Peter, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. As fishermen who had become Jesus' disciples, when they think about fishing, they should also think about people. They should think that the most important assignment that Jesus had given to them was to bring people into the kingdom through his good news of dying and rising again for the whole world so that they would not be separated eternally from God. But he had forgotten that and had relegated it to the back of their minds. At this time, they only had room for anxiety and perhaps boredom. As we do the everyday things of this world, as we get so busy, the good news about Jesus should not remain in the deep recesses of our minds only. We should keep our eyes open for opportunities that may arise to share the good news about Jesus. And those opportunities may not be present every day or even regularly, but when they do, we should see them and use them. We may catch people for the kingdom as Jesus desires. There is room in the kingdom for people. There is room for you. I've seen soldiers return from war who had arranged with their child's school to keep it under wraps until they show up. Or it may be an arrangement to surprise their spouse. The excitement is the same. Those who were surprised could not hold it in. It is mom, it is dad. Even people who ordinarily don't show their emotions, show it on these occasions. Now, we hardly see John display any emotion, except perhaps that one time when people in a Samaritan village refused to accept Jesus. And he and his brother James immediately asked Jesus if they should call down fire from heaven to consume them. Peter, on the other hand, was being Peter. But even he outdid himself this time. He wrapped his outer garment around himself and jumped into the water. He didn't care about the fish anymore. Anxiety? What anxiety? Boredom? No more boredom. He who had said he was going fishing before the others decided to go with him was now swimming furiously out of the water. The others followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish. The risen Lord appearing to the disciples in a low moment of their lives, assured them that his love for them had not diminished. The love of our risen Lord for us does not diminish either. Because he is risen, we have the assurance that his love for us does not end. So that at all times and in all circumstances, we can put our trust in him and commit our lives into his hands. He assures us that there is room for us in his kingdom, no matter what happens to us. We see Jesus waiting patiently for them. He has patience for them. 
He has patience for you, even when you take a wrong turn and stray away from him. He is always ready and eager to welcome you back. Jesus had a fire going with fish on it and some bread. They will get to eat breakfast at the beach, breakfast prepared by the risen Lord himself. This is the only time Jesus cooks food for the disciples. There is no question in my mind that this will be the best breakfast they would ever eat. You want some? Stick with Jesus and wait for his coming, and you are going to have a real big feast. Put your trust in him. Even though Jesus is the Lord, he serves them. He served them before he was crucified. Now, after his resurrection, he serves them still. And he's so gracious, he invites them to bring some of the fish they had just caught to add to his own. He serves you too. You only have to think about your baptism to remember that he serves you by taking you with him in his death to wash you clean of fears and anxieties that prevent you from speaking to others about him. And he brings you up out, of, out with him in his resurrection to make sure that you will get to live with him forever. And he, the risen Lord, serves you with his own blessed body and blood in the Lord's Supper to make sure that you will be his own forever. He is making sure that you will never forget him just as he would never forget you. You are his own. He is making sure that you will put his trust, your trust in him. And he's assuring you that there is room for you in his kingdom. Back at the scene. You get the impression that Peter was extraordinarily strong. While the other disciples were towing the net full of fish with the boat, he climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. Or maybe all the excitement at seeing Jesus gave him that extraordinary strength. They counted the fish. There were 153 large fish. For fishermen to describe the fish as large, the fish must have been large indeed. 153 large fish. From ancient times until now, books have been written about the significance of the number 153. You would think that John who often gives the significance of things in his gospel would tell us if the number has a special meaning. He doesn't. He simply recorded the number of fish caught, 153. It doesn't have to symbolize anything. What seemed to surprise John was that in spite of such a large number of fish, the net was not torn. And I'm sure that if there were much more than 153 large fish, the net will still not be torn. That leads me to make an analogy with the kingdom of God. There is room in the kingdom of God for you. No matter how many people from all over the world become members of the kingdom of God, there is room for you. The kingdom of God will never break because more people get swept up into it because they heard the gospel of God, which is his power to save everyone who believes. No matter how many people get into it, there is room for you. That should be a cause of rejoicing and excitement for you. 
may the excitement of John as he pointed to the risen Lord ring in your ears and from your ears to your lips. It is the Lord. It is the Lord. Amen. <laughs>